0: Learn more at Marines.com This, this,
2: this is the Porpoise Pod. Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins all the time. Touchdown! Now here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. What's up everybody? Welcome on into another edition of The Porpoise Pod. Porpoise it up. Lana, what's porp. Going on, dude? Let's porp, Tobin. Let's... Let's porp. I'm ready to porp, dude. Let's go. Hey, we got Sunday night for a little primetime porp this weekend, huh? Yeah, primetime porp. Double P action, baby. How much do you think, you know, I don't know. I mean, Obviously, you're busy during the broadcast. But, like, how much do you think um, the pregame coverage is going to be tied to, to uh and brian flores and how much do you think it's going to be just Tua coming back because of concussions because yeah. you know it's going to be all Tua. he's like literally the only interesting thing uh as far as like star power between these you know six sealers aren't very good they're an iconic franchise for sure but you know mitch trubisky's fighting people kenny pickett's got his own concussion that he's dealing with so i feel like that might be a thing but how i guess Let me just start here. How much do you think Brian Flores v 2 is going to be a thing in the pregame?
1: Had there been no concussion, I think it would have been a big deal. But because of the concussion, I mean, it'll be mentioned throughout the broadcast for sure. And I'm sure they'll mention it in the, uh, the pregame show. And it'll be a topic of conversation. But it's not like Brian Flores is an integral part of what the Steelers operation is right now. Like, He'll be on the sideline. Is he even on the sideline? I don't know. I haven't watched the Steelers this year. so I don't, I don't feel he... like
2: I've seen him either. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I – I mean, I'm definitely more tuned into the Dolphins, but I don't feel like – he's like special assistant linebackers coach. I don't know what that role is on game day because I was actually one of those I was talking with uh with Leroy about this. I was like, do you think there's going to be like a insincere Tua Flores handshake before the game? I don't know. Yeah, I hope. if he's there, I feel like there is going to be, 'cause that's just sports, you know, like, right? You know, people try and make this stuff up all the time. Like I was watching uh, TNT tonight, and you know, they have some weird Draymond Green, uh, <laughs> you know, soliloquy with uh, set to music uh, about him punching. Oh, did I know? And there's like, choo 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 choo. So I don't know. That was I watched the Draymond
1: thing. It was really weird to watch the TNT crew put sad music behind him talking about a punchy through. Like they tried so hard to make him the victim. It was really weird. I don't think. I also think you know being down here in Miami and being so involved in in the Brian Flores departure and then watching Tua kind of come into his own since he's left. We're all a little more aware of how that relationship, the inner workings of that relationship probably went down and 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 what was happening on a day-to-day basis I don't think the national fan really understands the way that we do you know Mm. the so I I don't know I don't think it'll be that big of a deal uh but I hope I hope we get the the insincere handshake from Brian Flores because we do know both guys carry themselves on you know from from the the brand perspective both guys carry themselves like very professional people Mm. they both they, they're both mature in the sense that you know they're not gonna make some crazy gesture in the game so if if he is on the sideline, I'm sure there will be some sort of handshake whether it's before, whether it's after we'll get the video of it, and then we'll all react to it but i i I think they've both moved at least. Was moved on, right? Like he got the better end of the situation. So he's moved on, certainly.
2: I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. He speaks Wednesday. He's certainly going to be asked about it. He's got a lot of non football things he's going to be asked about because of the concussions, the recovery. Did he feel like he was put in danger by the team? And so it is interesting that I think you're right. I think locally, this is a juicy headline, but nationally, the story is he's coming back from concussions. And Pittsburgh's dealing with their own concussion deal. And the last time that Tua played, he was on national TV getting stretched off the field. So maybe that does kind of dwarf everything. I am curious, though, because, you know, I I think you're right. Nationally, probably the bigger storyline is, hey, Brian Flores is suing the Dolphins and the NFL more so than his relationship with Tua Tungavailoa. (laughs) I forgot about
1: that. I know. It was, like <laughs> Steven,
2: Ro- Well, yeah, I mean, Stephen Ross is, you know, he is, you know, off suspension today because of Brian Flores' ac- accusations. Like, he's right. finally free to be around the team. So it's such an interesting week that he's able to come back and all this stuff is there. But there is a lot of – it's kind of crazy. Like, this isn't uh, – you know, this, this season isn't in free fall, but there's just so much non-football stuff that the coach has to deal with. And I think Mike McDaniels got a little bit of a break here because he really isn't involved in any of this. He's not part of the past. He's not part of the past rift. He's been as good to two as you could be. Um, he wasn't part, you know, he's already, you know, had the support and has supported Stephen Ross. So I don't think that this might be actually the most normal week that Mike McDaniels had to get ready for a football game in a while. Uh, but now his quarterback has to face all of that stuff. But I, I do say, you know, Tua is kind of a black belt in dealing with controversy in the media so far.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he handles it. Like I said, He 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 really is a pro. And you could probably credit some of that to his time in Alabama because they do run that college football program, especially when you're the face of it. They run it like a professional organization. So he, look, like he's going to say all the right things. He's going to be, uh, very respectful about Brian Flores. He won't say anything juicy, at least in my opinion. And if Brian Flores is asked about it as well, I don't think he will be um, unless there's some sort of special package put together for NBC. Cause he's not answering questions nah. as a special assistant to a linebackers coach. Uh, but if there is some sort of special package, he'll say a lot of the same things he said. Remember he was on, was at the I am athlete podcast and Omar Kelly was pressing him about the situation and uh, and he said, like, go ahead, ask Tua. You know, we, we had a really good relationship. Um, I, I, I cared for him. He was my quarterback. And I don't I don't believe him, but that's the route he took. You know, he could have been very honest and he could have came out and said, yeah, I didn't think he was as good as, as you know, the front office thought he was. So that's the way I approached it. And I'm, I'm a football coach and I have to do what's best for my team. Like he could have taken that approach and it would have been more controversial, but he didn't.
2: I think the thing that's going to be interesting about—I think the thing that's interesting looking back on the Flores time is that, you know, I—I I feel like most of the reaction when the day he got fired was shock. Like everybody kind of looked at it like the guy wasn't a disliked coach by the fan base. You know, like I had somebody tweet me today and be like, "Why is he being treated like public enemy number one? He's not Adam Gase and he's not Joe Philbin, and he certainly wasn't." I thought that, you know, I think that he definitely had some schematic things as a game day coach that he was good at. And I think that we're seeing, you know, some of the penalty issues, he cleaned a lot of that stuff up and and was good with that. Um, I think the thing that was probably his biggest downfall is that he just didn't seem like a very patient guy. Um, and, and, you know, in fairness, them did have to go through a year where, you know, they were tanking, let's just all say they were tanking everybody. And, ooh <laughs> first 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 team in sports to ever do it Ooh. how dare you say how that, da- totally. yeah I mean how i you know, you. sorry we'll just say I mean we watched that Ravens game we know what it was <laughs> um but you know he went through coaches like it was nothing you know like he was changing underwear um you know he didn't seem to really have the patience to deal with Tua's growth and development so I don't know if like the temperament was quite all the way there but he was also it's his first gig too I think that's a you know I think that's 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 something that has to be remembered for him but like I I think that our loyalty to Tua because he's so beloved mostly by this fan base I know there's a a bunch of ingrates and cretins who like to be bastards but I think most people really root for Tua and they do support him and everybody was tank tank for Tua tank for Tua like I think the fan base has his back I was reading today. Uh, in the Miami Herald, Duke Riley said something to the effect of "Tua, I've never seen a quarterback who hangs out with his teammates the way this guy does. Like he's impossible not to like." And so, the idea of somebody being a grump towards that kind of like sways how people feel about him. But I do think that Brian Flores, the for his for his Dolphins tenure as head coach, was pretty positive. I was shocked the day he was fired, and honestly, I was a little
1: mad because I was thinking. Hold on a second. Like, if there's one thing you figured out here, it's the head coach. But then you find out about Stephen Ross on a boat trying to improve the roster, and you know Brian Flores has to uphold the integrity of the game, which none of us remember him doing when Tom Brady was deflating footballs, or when right. the uh, when the Patriots were filming the the opposition sideline. Nobody remembers Brian Flores coming out of the woodworks to uh, to squeal on his team. Um, I, I think that left a lot of people with like a bad taste of flow and in comes in Mike McDaniel and in comes in his, I don't know, over the top personality, I guess you could say. Maybe not over the top personality, but it's it probably is the, the complete opposite of Brian Flores. And I think we've all gravitated towards it. And truthfully, just from somebody who has to listen to the press conference every day, every time these guys speak like, oh. I was sick of flow. I, j- just sick of him. Every question he had yeah. the most monotone answer. Every question he wanted to downplay any type of possible answer to just we're gonna do what's best for the team. It was very Belichickian, we know that. Um, but he didn't he he didn't have the 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 gravitas that Bill Belichick has with the no. rings. He, I just mean, didn't. he
2: he takes 60 seconds to say nothing. Mike McDaniel takes 60 seconds to say everything. Like that's, <laughs> that's the difference between the both of them. Like there, you know, Mike McDaniel, it's like hurting cats trying to get through his answers with Brian Flores. It's like, is there like, there'd be like a tumbleweed going through his 60 seconds. like, I feel like he could just like his, his press conferences could have been so much shorter,
0: Yeah, but he
2: worked so long to say nothing on anything. It was, uh, it is interesting though. Like ultimately, Like, what do we think got him fired, right? Like, the Tom Brady thing is such an interesting thing to me because the reports out of this investigation were that he didn't want to get on that yacht to tamper with Tom Brady in 2019. Why? Did he not do it because he truly didn't feel it was right? I don't think that. Did he feel that way because he thought Tom Brady was washed? Like, don't forget they beat him and he just thought like ah, i he, whatever he knew he he probably knew some dirt from tom brady who also doesn't seem like the easiest guy to work with especially as a head coach so maybe he just didn't want him and then you fast forward a few years and they they try the deshaun watson thing obviously you know he his life unravels to a complete disaster with all the scandal that he has to uphold um he's going to get suspended They're not quite sold on to us. So then like, what's the next move? You know, Stephen Ross is dying for quarterback. Oh, let's go get my good friend, Tom Brady with my little rascal, uh, Bruce Beal here. And then like, what if they went to Tom Brady and Tom Brady was like, yeah, but I'm not going to go be coached by the guy who snubbed me. Like, cause Tom Brady would have that kind of pull. And then as soon as they fire him, all hell breaks loose. They think they're going to, you know, Dave Hyde reported that they had a deal set for Sean Payton. Like what if Brian Flores getting fired was just Tom Brady didn't want him to be his coach because he got snubbed once on a boat and, you know, and, and Brian Flores ends up out of a job. They think, eh, oh, well tough nuggets. And he just ends up suing the dolphins and none of this can happen now because of everything he's exposed them to. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's, I love, I love these conspiracies. Like I, 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 I want there to be some sort of documentary about it. Um, I mean every scenario is possible. I also believe truthfully that Brian Flores showed signs of being a really good coach. As much as, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll beat team Petty on flow and uh I'll I'll rip them whenever I get the chance. The reality is, he took a team that probably shouldn't have won more than a game and he squeezed to 5 out of them. He really did right. do that. And then the following year, um another slow start and you're a win away from making the uh, the postseason. And then another year where we could say whatever we want about Tua and his trust in him and the way he kind of maybe held them back, which I do believe he did. But once again, he coached arguably the best defense in the NFL or one of the best defenses in the NFL. So it's not like his tenure was a failure, but I do think he struggled to get along with a lot of people in that organization. Definitely. He struggled um, to have a relationship with Steven Ross. And then when Stephen Ross went to him, to try to improve the, the franchise, albeit in a, a bit of a sketchy way, Flores turned his back on Steven Ross. And I really think it came down to that. I think it came down to Steven Ross saying, hold on a second. I hired you. First time NFL head coach. I bring you in here. I explained to you what the process is going to be. And you've turned your back on me now when I tried to do what was best for the organization. Yes, not in you know the the way maybe he should do it but every team is going to try to get the upper advantage and if you can get a meeting you can land a meeting with tom brady every single owner in the nfl is going to be able is going to take that meeting um and he didn't get along with anybody in the organization and you missed the playoffs three years in a row mm-hmm. even if that first year was a tank i really think it came down to that more than anything where you know what like this this just isn't working you don't you don't get along with anybody here. Nobody particularly loves you in this organization because of the way you carry yourself, which may be uh, conducive of a of a strong head coach in other places, but just not the way I want my head coach to uh, to approach things. Right. And you missed the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, so I mean, like seemingly,
2: seemingly having like a riff with Chris Greer, who's been here through how many regimes but has the guy been here? Uh, yeah, hasn't been the GM for all of them, but I mean, from all accounts, is like the sweetest guy. I know that people are still mixed out. The jury's still out on maybe his tenure as Joe Major. I think that's fair. But uh, for Flores to even like, you know, be on the outs with Chris <laughs> Greer, uh, yeah, it just shows that he, I, I, I can kind of empathize with that a little bit, though. Like there are there are things that you know people just you, you feel like you can't trust anybody professionally. And you kind of just take the reins of everything yourself, but I just think that's an impossible thing to do in a team sport. I think yeah. that you have to breathe confidence into people, and I think that you have to be that light that a Mike McDaniel is um, in a lot of ways. And I think, and I also just think that's the way it's going in the league these days. I don't think there's going to be Belichick's who scoff at poor rookies who try and give them a game ball. But did you see that? That oh, that was so mean. That hey. was so, but. The game I don't. Is done, Bill. I, just, I don't. Just yeah, just ball. enjoy it. Just and enjoy slap it. Slap
1: them on the ass. Nope. And 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 have a little fun for once in your life, Bill. I
2: don't think that works anymore. I don't think that. I I just think that everybody is gonna want the young gun, the guy who can crack jokes or be cool or have a little attitude, whether it be you know you know, McCoachin or Sirianni or McVay or
1: it's Mc It's, it's McVay. Like, I really think he set the standard
2: and that's what we were
1: supposed to have with Adam Gase. And he ended up being the worst head coach in the history of the NFL, but he's a um, bummer. That's the McVay's like, Hey, I've been here. I've been in your shoes. I don't need to be, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick. I don't need to be Mike Dick uh, cursing you out on the sidelines. I don't need to be Don Shula. Like, we we can do it another way, and and you're seeing it here. Like, that's that's the approach a lot of these young coaches have.
2: All right. Well, the Porvis pod comes back. Uh, interesting comments from Xavier and Howard in regards to uh, the Dolphins not scoring. Uh, I want to get our reaction to that. And Mike McDaniels comments on Xavier and Howard saying uh, they need to score more. Porvis pod swims on after this.
0: Porpoise Pod swimming on here. Tobin and Solana getting ready
2: for week seven matchup. Primetime Porp coming up. Dolphins and Steelers Sunday night football. Are you excited, Solana? How much are you, you going to have the goosies from seeing like the 72 team? They're doing the 50th yeah. anniversary, the patches. Zon- I mean, look, dude, I I haven't even dove into this zonk sound that apparently we got. But I was like looking at the transcripts. It looked like it was story time with Uncle Zonk. Like he, he was. I mean, I'm like looking at these answers. Like, how long did he answer these questions? Like, what was his press conference? 45 minutes long.
1: I had your, uh, I had your producer Marcos Gonzalez roll on it for me back at the studio today at WQAM, and it was like the longest file I've ever been sent. I'm like, Marcos, like, I just wanted a couple cuts for the pregame show. He's like, yeah, bro, that's how long he talked. What do you want me to do? zonk was in his bag today apparently tobin like in his bag um
2: he's got a book to sell so you yeah, know i think that's probably yeah. what he's uh he's doing there i was disappointed yeah. he didn't tweet during the game i love recapping zonk's tweets and no zonk tweets during the uh during the damn vikings game so he better be in. like i, I don't know if he's gonna be at the game like somebody better be there tweeting on behalf of zonk <laughs> so i get my zonk <laughs> tweets during sunday night football i need my fix so does he – you think he's doing these tweets by himself or it's like his publicist who sits next
1: to him and he's telling her, hey, tweet this right now?
2: Possibly. I don't know. I I, it, I can't rule that out. Like I know when we had him for the interview, he had like a – we had a, like a Zonk. Like he had an assistant set him up on the Zoom. I can't imagine the Zonks logging <laughs> into the Zoom room by himself. Um, But that being said, maybe he does. I, you know, maybe he's out there uh, tweeting away. I know that he loves the hell out of hashtags. That's That's yeah. one thing I know. Yeah. D-
1: it, are the Dolphins gonna wear their throwbacks this Sunday, Tobin? Like, do we know? Have you seen anything? Because
2: I haven't seen anything. But I'm assuming would, they are, but I don't know that for a fact.
1: It would seem a little off, right? Honoring the '72 team, Sunday Night Football, Tua's back. You're playing the Steelers, a team you beat in '72 to go to the Super Bowl, and and you're gonna rock the uh the the bum logo that we're rocking right now. It would just <laughs> seem a little off
2: yeah it feels like it's got to be uh it, it, that that has to be the way they're going with this i do see on their weekly release that the cover is zavian howard in the throwbacks oh okay. from last okay. year so That's i promising. one would one would believe that would uh that would lend to believe that they are going to be wearing the uh the throwbacks i know they got yeah. the patch thing going on so that should be cool yeah but uh speaking of zavian howard uh, curious about your thoughts on this. So X after the game, he had some, uh, he had this quote about the offense. He says uh quote, uh, I don't know what was asked about this. Just, just, uh, for clarity's sake, he says, quote, uh, we just got to figure this out. We got to score points. You can't win without scoring points on offense. Now, obviously that coming from a guy who is, uh, one of the best defenders in the league, but kind of calling out the offense there. Not something you hear a lot from when it comes to, uh, defensive players. You kind of just stick to your side of the football. But, uh, what do you make there of, of X, uh, having some, uh, some criticisms of the offense? (laughs) Do you think that's in poor taste? Especially because, you know, the defense hasn't been any first prize this year. He obviously hasn't looked the best version of himself, but I would say that his resume speaks for itself and, uh, I think I think if anybody's allowed to say anything, it's him, but it's it's a kind of an odd time to say things. It's odd only because Tua's hurt.
1: So, you know, hey, X, yeah, the team should go score more points. He's right, by the way. It's not that he's wrong, but hey, X, you've started three quarterbacks and finished the game with three different quarterbacks the last three games. Let's settle down here for a second. And uh, it's not like, you know, Tua's been playing, yeah, Teron Armstead's been playing, and the offense is struggling. Yeah, your team offensively is banged up, which is why they're unable to score points. But he's not wrong, right? No, he's
2: not wrong. uh, I mean, I think they're I think they're like seventh in yards right now, but maybe like seventeenth in and per game yards. And I think they're like I want to say they're like seventeenth, eighteenth, something like that in points per game. Yeah. Yeah. So like there there is there that's a gap. Like you go from uh, basically being a you know. You're in the bottom third of the league in points almost, but you're, you know, in the uh, the top ten pretty comfortably in yards. Like something's got to translate there. We're seeing the numbers that Tyree Kill's putting up. Tyree Kill is on pace for not only just dolphin record, but NFL records. I mean, like that's the that's the kind of uh, production he's putting up. Gotta get these guys in the end zone more.
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially in the red zone. How many opportunities, even with or without Tua. I mean, we saw it against Cincinnati. You get down to the four-yard line, and you're unable to punch it in. And then, yes, or, or on Sunday, uh, they're in not the red zone, but they're deep in Vikings territory, and the penalties are just killing you as you're trying to advance. And you're getting chunk plays. You're getting down to the one-yard line, and the penalties bring you back, and you're forced to pump the ball. Brilliant. X is not wrong, but what you said is exactly how I feel about this. You haven't exactly had the best season. Xavier Howard yes your resume speaks for itself yes you're the team's pro bowler for the past three seasons yes you are probably the leader of the defense if we're being real you know you Mm. can make the arguments Christian Wilkins but Xavier Howard's the best player on that defense
2: look I know Xavier Howard hasn't handled all of his Dolphins career great especially when it's come to the contract he's he makes a stink like that's you know Xavier Howard is excellent but you know, the Instagram post last year where he's just like, I, I no longer feel I'm respected. And, you know, a lot of fans were pissed at him about that. But I think they were pleased when he came back because we know how great he is when he's at his best. Um, Certainly one of the things that's been missing this year, and, and he's had a couple of dropped opportunities, which he never dropped before, were his ability to, to get the football. I mean, he's had a couple of pick sixes that X of the last year or the year before that never miss those chances. And I don't know if that's a question because he's lingering through things or it's just, you know, a bad, bad fortune. But my feeling of it is there are certain guys on your team that have the resume that can basically say whatever they want. And I would say over the last 15 years for the Dolphins, there'd be two guys that would be cool with this. And it would be Xavier Howard, number one, Cam Wake, number two. I would be fine with calling out anybody on the football field, whoever it has to be. You have to be like ring of honor. Good for me to be cool with that and so yes he has not played up to his level but i also recognize that he's playing through things so i'm okay with it but i do think that his side of the ball i hope that the i hope there's not a plume of of disgruntledness if that's a word hanging over the defense thinking that this is on the offense because certainly there were, you know, there's a couple wins in there that the offense, uh, you know, bailed out the defense, namely that Ravens game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But it is interesting, right? Because McDaniel said at the beginning of the year after they beat the Patriots, hey, this is a defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's interesting where if McDaniel says that, right? Like, does it almost give, maybe not the entire defense, but Xavier Howard, like that mindset of, well, yeah, this is still our team. So when somebody's not living up to, the expectations that uh, have been put on them, the offense, right, the past couple of weeks. Maybe he feels like he has to take it upon himself to call them out, send a message to the offense. But obviously you'd rather it not be right after you lose a game when your backup quarterback for the third straight week is in the game. So it, it was weird. Like when I saw that quote, I was a little a little taken back, Tobin, because one, Xavier Howard isn't really the guy to go out and start ripping people uh in the post game press conference mm-hmm. like you mentioned the Instagram post, but that all had to do with him in the front office. It was to do with money. Right. Um and and you know, who's on the other side of that ball who is also very outspoken, it's Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill's balling, right? Like he's gonna be the guy that is going to be outspoken to the media and he's balling. Like he's holding up his end of the deal. He's not wrong though. He's not like you have to, support. yeah,
2: but they're also two different personalities too. Like X is very soft spoken in that, like, he doesn't say a whole hell of a lot. He's very efficient, you know, kind of will get off his, you know, get what's off his chest in three words. And Tyree kills saying, you know, pimp my ping pong table, baby. You know, like he's, he's happy go lucky. He's funny. He's the cheetah. Like he's that's che- like Xavier and Howard is almost, I mean, uh, Tyree kills. He's like, the best football player but he's also like a wrestling character like you know how like they'd always say like there's you know Deion sanders in prime time or you know there's irvin johnson there's magic johnson like there is tyree Hill and there's the cheetah like it's 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 almost like a, a superhero in the way he treats that persona and so with x yeah i mean like we know what he's been in this Dolphins career but it was interesting to hear that here's mike mcdaniel's response to it he says Uh, quote, I believe with the context that X was speaking on, I 100% agree with him. I think every player does, too. You have to score points, uh, score more points than the opponent to win. We're in the business of winning. So that, without a a doubt, I totally agree with him. I also know where X is uh, with his footing as in regard to this team. And he's stating what everyone is saying, which is we need to put together a complete football game to get the results we want. So I appreciate That really all the guys want to win and speaking to the captains today, there's without a shadow of a doubt, complete confidence in our ability uh, to take uh, to do what it takes to win on both sides of the ball. And I think the guys are more demanding of themselves than other people, which really all seven of our captains are and their sentiments don't go go unnoticed.
1: McDaniel's made for controversy.
2: He is. He'll, He'll talk bathe his way contra- out of anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like you just give him a loofah and he just scr- scrubs controversies, <laughs> just like, just washes away. Doesn't matter.
1: He's made, he's made for that kind of question. Hey, your, uh, your best player on defense just called out your offense. What do you, how do you feel about that? Oh, I love that. That's exactly what we're preaching down here in Miami. You know, Look, accountability. And But what's he, what's he going to say? Hey, X, stick, stick to your side over there. Settle down. He can't yeah. say that.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Well, look, this has been, it's been an interesting baptism for him for, for McDaniel because he got a very rosy start to his career and now he's had to deal with neuro, neurological questions, broken ping pong tables, <laughs> and now Xavier Howard, his best defender, calling out his offense. So I, I think you're right. I think he's handled it all great. Uh, they do need a couple of wins though. I think to put all this stuff behind it because stupid things can become bigger things when you're not winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? That's why that three and zero start was so huge, right? Tobin, because had they gone one and two, if they don't beat the, uh, the, the Ravens and then they don't beat the bills and then Tua has that same injury against the Bengals and you're one and four. And then now you're one and five. Well, this would be a bleep show, but mm-hmm. the fact that they won those first three games. It gave them this cushion to kind of stay above water and uh, and 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 not have the uh, the fan base and not have the media kind of panic at the first sign of adversity. And I mean, we've kind of hit it now. You're three and three. Nobody's happy that they've lost three games, but you also understand the circumstances that they've gone through. Well, that's why three and zero was so massive because you look at the schedule now. If they can turn things around, you beat Pittsburgh and you handle business against some of these other teams that they can, well, then things will be okay moving forward. Um, I, 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 That's why it's nobody's panicking, in my opinion. Nobody's panicking.
2: I don't think it's panic time. I, I don't necessarily agree with all of that, though. Like, yes, 3-0, obviously 3-0 is amazing. But I feel like, specifically with the Vikings and the Bengals, I felt like those were winnable games with all of the crap that you had to deal with. I just think that the thing that's disappointing about it in not being able to come through with those games and having the the key turnovers in in late in those games is football's going to football dude and so like the idea that you now have 5 games that look very winnable and we saw them go on a run last year like they had to win a lot of games in a row to even be in the playoff talks so it's not like it's not doable but you know you're talking like is it resp- is it responsible of us to think that they have to go 5 and 0 over the next 5 games because if you are really are thinking about the playoffs and you see what the back end of that schedule looks like, like it feels like that. It feels like each one of these games is like do or die. And they do need to have that complete football game to put together. And I don't know if they've had a whole lot of that this season.
1: Yeah. I was talking about that with Crowder today where we're saying, okay, they've played six games. There's 10, there's 11 games left in the season, right? Do I have that math right? Yes. So, how many of those eleven games are they gonna have to, to win to get in the playoffs? They have three wins right now. They're probably gonna need, what do you think, Tobin? Ten, eleven wins
2: to get I would, into the I playoffs. Mean, like, I think eleven to be safe because this looks like a you know, this looks like a good division. I mean, look at the Patriots even the Patriots have their bleep together. It's very annoying. But even they're three and three, like you're you're with Bailey Zappi. I know What's it's that, so hell? annoying. I hate them they're like a zombie. You can't kill them. <laughs> So, I just want to burn them with fire. They just you can't cut you got to cut the head off the snake. And the Jets are ahead of them now and these stupid Bills fans are all up in my mentions. It's like, you know, shut it, the, three weeks ago you guys were whining about the sun.
1: 11 games again, left. Dude. 11 games left, Tobin. And we we're, we're saying eight wins out of those 11 to be safe.
2: That,
1: That's that, those are those are tough ask. tough tough expectations to put on a rookie head coach and uh, and and Tua of Vailoa who three weeks ago was on the ground doing uh, gang signs yeah. with his fingers because he hit his head. Like, really, those are tough, tough asks.
2: And your probably three toughest games are all divisional games. Like, really, like I'm just thinking it off the top of my head, but um, I guess you got to go on the road to Los Angeles. It's not easy. The road to San Francisco is not easy. Those West Coast games, but you know, Green Bay doesn't look like that intimidating. We know these next five aren't that great, but like at Buffalo, at New England, and hosting the Jets, like these are all going to be critically huge games. Um, so yeah, man, like they got to get going. The margin for error is that—that's the thing that I'm disappointed with with losing these three. Is like starting three and zero when nobody probably thought you were going to be three and one after that first four all right, you need to like, let's take advantage of this. Cause that will allow you to have some slip ups later on. in you like, the bills have that the jets right. have that. And they've had their, like the jets, you know, as much as like, they had to deal with the Joe Flacco games. They've yeah. had, and they're uh, a game ahead of you in the standings and have the tiebreaker on you, the bills, you know, five, one, you got their only slip up. Great. But you know, they can kind of laugh at it right now because you know, the, the, the you're, they're two games ahead of you in the standings. So um yeah it's critical they go on a run here man and and it's it's a and it's a tough ask because two yeah like you said he was just stretched off a field is it responsible of us to expect him to go out there and lead this team to a a five game win streak when you're 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 uh a couple weeks removed from your brain shutting off it's why i'm
1: grateful they're playing the steelers look the steelers we're gonna do the preview on thursday or friday steelers aren't good so no. Dolphins have to take advantage of that. It's a perfect situation for Tua to come back prime time. Kind of let everybody know, hey, I, I'm still here. All right. I'm still so the much. baller. Uh, I'm still QB1. But um, like, is it fair to expect he's gonna come back and throw for 450 yards, four touchdowns? Like, you know, like let's pump the brakes on that. I really think it has to be a team win on Sunday. Remind everybody, like, hey, this is still. A really good defense and maximize Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and remind everybody, hey, that's why we have these two weapons and not rely on Tua Tagovailoa throwing the ball 50 times like Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football because it's gonna it's it's gonna get ugly if that's the case and uh, you lose this game, that's when the alarms are gonna start sounding.
2: I'm just thankful that them being in Sunday Night Football means we don't have Russell Wilson on Sunday Night Football or any prime time.
1: Oh my God, man! It was so, so miserable last night. By the way, Tobin, Tua, better than Herbert,
2: dude. You're not getting any argument from me. I'm just
1: saying. I'm just Thanks. saying. I mean, I mean, everybody wants to act like this. Justin Herbert is in that a level? Isn't that level of elite quarterbacks? And uh, let's
2: pump the brakes, dude.
1: I got news for you.
2: Pump, pump the brakes, dude. All right, that's our port for tonight. We'll port with y'all later. All right bro. I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Later.